welcome to Two Profs in a Pod. I'm Tanisha. I'm Beth. And we are professors and faculty developers at Glendale Community College in Arizona. And today we have with us special guest and colleague from GCC, Dr. Julie Morrison. She is a professor of psychology and the chair of our department in uh, psychology. She's starting her third year as the director of the college assessment and review team that oversees GCC's assessment of student learning program. And I am very excited to be here today. Like Tanisha and Beth, I am also a proud nerd. In fact, in high school, I was voted most likely to return to my high school and teach. And at the time, I didn't even want to be a teacher, but apparently my classmates knew more about what I should do with my life than I did. So here I am. You showed them. (laughs) I I did. It, It was actually hard to decide whether it was a... Um, compliment or not to be voted. They they knew to they knew my name and they voted for me. But anyway, we can cut yeah, that part yeah. out. <laughs> Don't put that part in. Anyway. Okay, so you are talking a little bit about how you prepared for this podcast. What did you do? Yes, yeah, so I am a faithful listener of Two Profs in a Pod. I can't actually decide what my favorite episode is because I love them all so much. And every time I listen to them, I think about, oh, this re- relates to my teaching or this relates to assessment. So in preparation for the podcast, I actually went back and listened to almost every single one of wow. the past episodes. And I wanted to work them all in, but I thought nobody wants to be here for that long. But I will try to throw them in a little bit because my main message for all of our listeners is that assessment is everywhere and it can be harnessed for good. Yes, I love that. Mm-hmm. Great. So what what is assessment? Well, one of the best resources that I have is a book by Linda Susky. It's actually in its third edition. It's called Assessing Student Learning, A Common Sense Guide. And she defines assessment in this way. So assessment is deciding what we want our students to learn and making sure they learn it. Now, I would add one other piece because I think we don't always think about this as much as we should, that while we want them to learn information in our classrooms, our workshops, whatever settings they are, in with us, the whole point of that learning is so they can use it after they're done in that setting. So it's really all about can they leave our institution with the learning we want them to have. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So it's it's more about the application than of the learning. I, I would say so, that it, we certainly want them to be able to take kind of some of the general skills as well as some of the specific knowledge and use it wherever they're going next, whether that is directly into a career or into their next step in higher education. Hmm. Okay. And um, tell us about the two different ways you think of assessment. Well, I have to say, I think more than just a few of the listeners may be rolling their eyes when you talk about assessment. (laughs) And I am fully aware of that as an assessment person. And, you know, I am relatively new in this role to assessment, but I have totally gotten sucked in and I'm hoping some of my um, joy with assessment will come through. So one of the biggest things that I think is important in assessment is to be able to help folks conceptualize why it's important and how we should understand it. 
So I like to talk a little bit about what I call little A assessment and big A assessment. So little A assessment is the stuff that everyone in education does all the time when we try to figure out if a student understands something. So this is the police officer making sure the student understands why they can't pull all the way through the parking spot and park the wrong way. Or the financial aid person helping a student fill out their FAFSA form. Or somebody in information technology helping a student with a computer. As well as all the things that are happening in our classrooms and our workshops and in sort of more formal learning settings. So whenever we do that, we're all always thinking about, you know, does the student understand? Are they leaving this setting knowing what we want them to know? So that's what I call little a assessment, and it's happening all the time. And it's not little because it's unimportant. It's just constant, a part of our lives in higher ed. So big A assessment is the roll your eyes, I have to write this report. (laughs) Is anybody going (laughs) to read it? you know, why do I have to do this? You know, I feel so burned out kind of feelings. And that's what we're trying to sort of change. Because what big A assessment's really about is the big question. Are the student learning outcomes that we have across our institutions being achieved by students, you know, in the settings they're in and certainly by the time that they leave? And what I really love about what you talked about with Big A and Little A is how it's it's in everything that we do and it also involves everyone. Like yes. the examples that you gave for like for example Little A, you talked about uh, like public safety, right? Like, you know, making sure you communicate to the student you cannot pull forward in the parking space. Um, and also the technology, I think example that you used as well, and how it's the responsibility of everyone on campus. It's not just in the classroom. I think many of us in the classroom, I think we think it's just limited to us in the classroom, but it's actually a little bit bigger than that. It's really a responsibility of everyone involved, which I think is very, very, very important. Absolutely. And that's part of the messaging that we're trying to do here at GCC, because in the past, we focused really more on classroom only. Right. And it is far beyond that. And for many of you, if you are accredited by particularly the Higher Learning Commission or other accrediting agencies, there's a much larger focus on student affairs and co-curricular assessment now, as there should be. We talked a little bit about relating these assessments to a, I don't know, a, a more classroom level maybe of formative and summative assessments. Do you want to say anything about that? Yes, I think that when we think about our little a assessment, what happens all the time, it hits every box. It's formative, it's summative, it's direct, it's indirect, and all of that helps us as educators to know whether students have learned something. More often, I think that big A assessment is focused a little bit on sort of summative. You know, are the students leaving with what we have, in a way, promised them that they will leave our classroom or our workshop or our situation or our institution with? But one of the things I read recently that I really liked was it talked about how what might be summative for one set of students is actually formative for another because you track student learning at the end at one point and you can use that to revise and improve learning kind of for the next set of students in an iterative way. Mm-hmm. I like that too. So we talked a little bit about what assessment is. Um, let's talk about why we're talking about it. 
Well, I think we're talking about it because people don't really get it. There's a lot of you, as Tanisha said, you know, you might be thinking, why are we talking about this? Or, or this is just a hoop I need to jump through. And we need to kind of step back from that and think about it in this larger way. So when we have institutional learning outcomes or when we have any learning outcomes it, at our institutions, what we are really doing is we are promising or committing to our students that they are going to leave our institution with certain marketable skills, certain life skills that are going to help them in their career, in their future education. So this goes back to the robot-proof concept that was talked about in an earlier podcast. And so the big A assessment that we talk about really tells us whether we're meeting that commitment, and if we're not, how we can do it better. You can also have a lot of power here to help identify achievement gaps. So we've started to look at some of our data in our institutional learning outcomes across ethnic groups so that we can address issues that were brought up in the culturally responsive teaching episode so we can look at a lot of different factors to really help students learn and fulfill our promise to them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what so so what are we doing at GCC for assessment? What we've done here at GCC, we've worked together in our assessment team to generate an acronym. I have to say I really like acronyms. Yes, you do. I know. They're all <laughs> yes, over. I love your acronyms. <laughs> um, and this one, so we, we, what I call is we gear up for assessment. Yes, I love and that. And GEAR is our acronym. And GEAR is, let's go through the different parts of it. So the G stands for the goal of our students. So students come to GCC with a goal. It might be to get a certificate. It might be to get a degree. It might be to transfer. But they come here wanting to do something. So once they've identified that goal, we have to figure out how we are going to help them achieve that. And they're going to achieve it in two different settings. They're going to do it when they learn through the E, which is engagement. That's when we focus more on what's happening in our student affairs programs and co-curricular activities, which isn't to say that engagement isn't happening in the classroom, but we're, we're thinking about that more in terms of kind of our student affairs side of the house. And they learn it through our A, which is academics, so in their courses and the programs that they take. And that's wonderful. They come in, they have their goal, they're engaged, they have their academics. But one of the pieces that tends to be missing from assessment is the interaction and the conversation with the students. So it's not really good enough for institutions to know that, you know, secretly what we want students to learn. Uh, One of the HLC senior scholars in assessment, Gloria Rogers, she has this great slide where the stealth bomber flies across. And she's like, why are learning outcomes stealthy? And so the (laughs) R is actually for resume. And the idea is that we need to be communicating with our students all the time about what our outcomes are and how they are learning them so that when they go to apply for that job, when they go to apply for higher ed, you know, wherever they're going on, they can say not, I learned this in my English 101 class, but here is how I develop my communication skills. I did this speech or I wrote this. And we need to help them communicate in the ways that we're thinking about these institutional learning outcomes and our other learning outcomes so that they can really represent it. So just to briefly summarize, so GEAR is goal of our student, learned through engagement 
and academics, and then we want them to showcase that on their resume as they leave us. And I really think that's great, especially that resume piece, because right now there's definitely kind of questions, right, about what am I getting out of a college education as far as how is this going to apply in the real world in my real life. So I think that resume piece is definitely really important because it makes it very clear and communicates to the students how this is going to impact them in the workplace and how they can use it in like interviews. Um, I also think uh, gear is great because it's really learner centered. And I think that's really important. I think a lot of times when we think about assessment, we think about us like just doing different things, right, because we have have to and but we're not necessarily thinking about maybe uh, other pieces right like making it more learner centered and that's what I love about gear because we always say students first but you know I always say if we are about students first and we really need to dig our heels into assessment it's very very important in my personal opinion actions speak louder than words so if you're going to preach students first then we need to have that in the classroom and why not have that in assessment um, so um at the sixth annual Arizona Assessment Conference, um, I went to the conference, which was great. Thank you, Julie, for sure uh, putting thing. that on. We loved it. It was great. I love it. Um, I got a lot of information from it. Um, I'm always trying to find ways to kind of expand on assessment for me because I understand how important it is. But one thing that really stuck out to me was uh, Dr. Natasha Jankowski from the National Institute of Learning Outcomes and Assessment. She was a keynote speaker, and she actually emphasized the importance of curriculum and instruction that is learner-centered. So she emphasized how assessment can help us to ensure that the learner is at the center of everything that we do. And it really connects us to the point you made earlier about how assessment could be used in, like, for example, maybe culturally responsive teaching um, to help to identify achievement gaps and address equity issues. So I think gear is really right on the hits, hits the nail on the head um, of what, what the goal of the campus is and also what has been outlined by our keynote speaker at the assessment conference. And if you missed the assessment conference, I meant you really missed some really good information. I, I highly recommend it. I hope more and more people will definitely attend because it was really, really good. I learned a lot. And I should mention, so this is, as Tanisha mentioned, the sixth annual Arizona one. And we have been talking in our Arizona community about how as assessment leaders and assessment people and you know others interested in assessment we should be making sure to have these conversations more we've talked about you know maybe putting a listserv together and so depending on what where you are there could be organizations like this so you can certainly talk not just to the people on your campus but there could be people in the community or other institutions that you can really learn from cuz assessment really should be a collaborative right uh, there's no no reason to reinvent the wheel if somebody else has a great idea that you can just steal, maybe with permission. Right. <laughs> and we're going to put a lot of this information on our website uh, with links so that yes. you can look up these books and people and organizations that Julie is talking to us about. Yes, because in my other life as a psychology instructor, I teach research methods, so I do have lots of sources to provide. Yes, you that's do. A, that's a great transition, yeah. Julie. Yeah, actually. And, and we're relying a lot upon Julie because she is our assessment expert. So we want to ask her, what does the research say about assessment? Well, if you listen to the the podcast when our president, Terry Labor Ruiz, was on, she talked about how our completion rate here at GCC is not where we would want it. And we want to achieve ultimately a 75% completion rate with our students. And one of the ways that that can 
we could maybe more easily approach that goal is through assessment. Now, assessment itself, just measuring student learning, that's not going to help improve learning. But if you use the evidence properly that you gain from assessment, then there's a lot of changes that can be made. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But there are lots and lots of institutions and resources I want to point you to. So as always, the Center for Teaching and Learning on your campus would be great. I was lucky enough to really get involved with ours and to work much more closely with people like Tanisha and Beth and Cheryl, who I know is the producer of this podcast, as well as the other people in our CTLE. So they are a fantastic resource. In addition, what we're going to put in our show notes, we already heard a little bit about the National Institute for Learning Outcome Assessment, NILOA. They have amazing resources. They have a coach program where for free you can apply to get a one-day visit by an assessment expert to do whatever you want. We had an incredible coach. Yes, we did. uh, Joseph Levy. Um, They have something called the Transparency Framework that helps you identify and communicate about what you're doing in assessment to all of your stakeholders. They have an excellent in assessment designation that we will hopefully apply for one of these days. A few of our sister colleges here in Maricopa have that uh, designation already and lots of resources. The other one I would point or the next one would be the American Association of Colleges and Universities. They have what are called the value rubrics. If you are doing institutional assessment where faculty came together and generated rubrics on a whole bunch of topics like critical thinking and communication. If you are in the student affairs side of the house, there's an organization called the Student Affairs Assessment Leaders, and they provide support and other resources for folks in student affairs and co-curricular areas. Two books that I would recommend, I already mentioned one by Linda Susky, The Assessing Student Learning, A Common Sense Guide. There's another one that's that's um, isn't currently, well, it's available. It's It hasn't, I don't remember when last it was updated, but it was kind of considered the Bible of assessment uh, for the longest time. It's called Assessment Clear and Simple, a Practical Guide for Institutions, Departments, and General Education, and it's by Barbara Walvord. And then there's a couple other things we're going to mention as we continue, but those are the big ones I want to give a shout out to. Yeah, shout outs. And I and honestly, I have to give a shout out to Julie for connecting us to these resources. I think it's very important if there's kind of an area that you're not well versed in, like maybe assessment, it's very important to get connected to the people who are. And Julie is definitely one of those people uh, because she's definitely got us connected to uh, quite a few of the resources. And I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't be connected to any of these things if you did not provide these resources. So they're excellent, excellent excellent resources like the Niloa coach that we had. Awesome, awesome. Um, And also all the books. So anything Julie recommends, I'm like, yes, Julie, yes, I'm going to do it. So and and I have to say just for our listeners, since they can't see us, and I don't know if if anybody remembers the episode where Tanisha actually brought (laughs) a dictionary, among other books to one episode, Julie has a stack of books here uh, with her. And, and she even brought the rules of civility um, by George Washington. Yes, yes and we're going to get to that as we talk about all the uh, assessment people 
or the all the people out there who maybe aren't huge fans of assessment and how we can maybe work some uh, of of George's rules in there. Yeah, I can't wait. That's so that... nerdy. Nerds recognize nerds. Is you know Julie said at the beginning she's a nerd. I'm like, girl, you speak in my language. She has all of these books and just everything she talks about. And just and on the inside, I'm like, yes, 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 yes. I should mention that I was a high school debater. I didn't do it in college like Tanisha yes. did, but I did four years of high school debate. So she comes prepared. Yes, yes. And I respect preparedness. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. <laughs> and so we are now at our segment, What Do We Say? Yes. And so I've got two things to say. Okay. One is um, that assessment for me has always been collaborative, or at least especially since I started learning more about assessment and studying and reading and so forth. Uh, And that's one piece of it that I really love, uh, is working with colleagues. And, um, and then I'll just say it, there is some resistance um, to assessment, which Mm -hmm. we've brought up just uh, a little bit here so far in this episode. So hopefully we can talk um, a little bit about that. Julie, what do you have to say about that? Well, anyone who spent any time in higher ed knows that you're never going to make everybody happy. Um, But what I would say is it falls to the assessment leaders to demonstrate the value. I think if we can really communicate why we're doing it and why we should be doing it and what people can get out of it, then that resistance should naturally, at least for the most part, go away. So if we do that job well, there should be fewer assessment haters and maybe more assessment lovers. I know that I've actually converted to Nisha. We talked about getting her a shirt like former assessment hater. (laughs) Maybe we'll do that. I don't know. Uh, but building off of something that that Beth said when I was listening to the episode on discussions, one of my and actually it's the episode on discussions and the episode on creativity that that's one of the things I've really loved about assessment is that, you know, I sit and I think about it, you know, more than I should, you know, up late at night or whenever as I'm trying to fall asleep. But and I'll come up with ideas, but what we generate to actually do happens in the meetings where we talk to people. And so I might think I have the best idea and then I talk to somebody else and we're like, oh, you know, what about this, what about that? And we change it. Or just in talking to somebody, a new idea comes out that we can develop. And so that's what I really like. So my biggest thing, or one of my biggest goals is just getting people to talk about assessment because having those conversations, I think, really leads to action and helps people understand. In fact, every time I go into our meetings with our department assessment coordinators, these are the individuals in each of our academic departments who are the liaisons to their departments for assessment. I come in with a nice little agenda. I'm like, oh, this will take a few minutes. I'll just, you know, share what I'm thinking and it'll be a done deal. And, you know, an hour and a half later, I'm like, okay, wait, we got to make a decision because everybody's (laughs) got great ideas. Mm -hmm. And that's what it should be because it's not about what I necessarily think, or even what some of the resources might say, it's about what works best on your campus. Mm -hmm. So I do have one more acronym that I'm going to have to put out there. Yes. Because these are the things, it it, it is, uh, the creativity aspect of assessment, you might not think that assessment can be creative, but it it can, I think. Mm -hmm. But what I like is, um, so this acronym, I spent a long time thinking about it because I tried to make an acronym out of the word assess, which has four S's in it, but I was pretty happy with what I came up with. So what we do here 
here when we assess is we apply sustainable solutions to empower student success. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's hot like fire. No wonder you're up thinking. <laughs> I know. It's, it's super fun. Well, and so here I'm saying it's super fun, right? And me, most people are like, what do you mean assessment super fun? But I think assessment should be fun. And I will flat out tell you that um, we have faculty who are like sending anonymous feedback in, like, why are you doing these silly things? <laughs> but anyway, so here, here's one of my favorite ones. As a joke, because of our gear up for assessment idea, an English faculty member wrote a slogan that is, get your assess in gear. Yes, I love and that. And you kind of have to picture it written to, to, to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, this may be a touch edgy, but anyway. Um, so this summer, I actually worked with Cheryl, the producer of this podcast, and created a graphic to put on shirts that actually says, get your assess in gear. I also stole an idea (laughs) from um, a vendor at the Higher Learning Commission conference that had assessments. So I buy little lifesavers and buy little labels and and we write little slogans and, or put links on them to assessment things and hand those out at meetings. Love that. Um, We have, one of our faculty members is, uh, he likes to, He's sort of a rock hound, an amateur rock hound, so he collects rocks, and he has polished some and just put them in nice little display cases, and we give them away to our rock stars. And then Tanisha and Cheryl and I are going to be working on sort of an audio story series about successes that folks have had in assessment. So it, it can be fun. It can, and I'm really looking forward to the video project. And I think it's everything that Julie shared really shows that assessment can can be fun. We can make it fun and enjoyable and tailor it in a way that focuses on the outcomes and also what could be interesting to us and the students. So I will, look, I'm, I'm sitting here preaching about assessment. I'm like, yes, assessment. But I honestly, confession time, I have to raise my hand and say that I am a former assessment hater, but now I am an assessment supporter. I am an assessment ally. So I think what helps is that if you do struggle in this area, or, or maybe you're having trouble really understanding the importance of it, or even just finding the fun, just reach out. We, the support and the resources are there uh, to help to find the fun and what is a great fit for you and your students. So Julie is a great resource um, here at our Center for Teaching, Learning, and Engagement. Megan Kennedy, our instructional designer, she does an assessment workshop where she does talk about like formative and summative assessment that was really really very helpful and really converting me from being an assessment hater to more of an assessment supporter and I think that's kind of what we need is to be assessment supporters I think I think you have to be very honest with yourself and be like you know what I'm not about assessment maybe this is how I feel about it negatively but we can definitely find the positive because at the end of the day uh, the people who are going to benefit from it the most are our students exactly And, and also us as well but also our students as well so yes and I think it's fun just I think it's fun to look at the data and yeah. to reflect upon what was my role in in you know any anything having to do with that data and and what can I do to make those numbers move um, so that's kind of fun to me too well I'm glad <laughs> so how do we get it done well I have a list of three things I'd like to go through and Again, this is kind of relates to I, I, when we think about assessment, we really should be talking about 
how to get it done as opposed to, you know, here's a report, you need to fill it out. And so number one, it needs to be meaningful to you. And this is something that our NILOA coach, Joseph Levy, really focused on. And it was basically saying that if somebody doesn't find value in assessment, in a way, that's sort of the fault of the assessment leaders because they are not working with that person to help them create an assessment that is valuable. And so one of the things that our team really wants to do this year is making sure that we're sitting down and having those conversations with folks to try to do that. Um, And this was where I was going to throw in a little bit about uh, George Washington. So assessment people really love assessment, as you can tell. And we are working very, very hard. We know that it's not always somebody's favorite thing. So in in the spirit of civility, I would just say, please be kind to us. (laughs) And, (laughs) and, you know, write constructive feedback um, and maybe say a positive thing once in a while. Mm -hmm. And that will help us help you as we move forward. So that's number one, make it meaningful to you. All right, number two, don't assess when you already know students can do well. We noticed on this campus that in reports faculty were submitting about what would you do, you know, what, what are you going to do with your data? They're like, nothing. They did great. Now, <laughs> sometimes that's fine because sometimes yeah. you're benchmarking and you need to just show that they're doing well. But if I know students if I know I'm doing really well teaching a concept to students, I don't need to keep assessing that for the purposes of big A assessments. Sure, for little a, that's fine. But what we really should be focusing on are areas of opportunity, not necessarily areas of strength, so that we can then improve our student learning. Mm -hmm. I also want to throw in one thing. So another great resource is Johnson County Community College in Kansas. They have a great website, and on it they have something called the Guiding Principles of Assessment. And in their Guiding Principles, one of them is assessment results will not be used for evaluation of individual faculty. Mm Because I think a lot of times faculty and and other people doing assessment think, oh, if the students aren't doing well, that reflects on me. And it goes back to the imposter syndrome that you all talked about a while back. So mm-hmm. it's not, assessment's not a reflection on you as, a, as an instructor. It's on what are students learning and if there are places we can improve that learning, let's do it. Right, it's great. Number three, use the data. This is another place that we are not always very good with assessment. So there's a marvelous paper out of Niloa, and the subtitle is called Waypig, Feed Pig, Waypig. Mm. And the idea is that the act of weighing a pig isn't going to make it fatter. So if you want to see if your pig has gained weight, you have to weigh it, then you have to feed it, then you have to weigh it again. So we're really good at doing a one-time assessment and saying, look, here's how students did. But that's not improving student learning. So what we need to be doing is we need to assess them. We need to be in thoughtful conversation with our colleagues, with our students, with others to identify what is it I could do to make this learning better? How could I intervene? We need to do the intervention, and then we need to go back and reassess to make sure that's happened. And then once we've done that, then we can move on to find another area of opportunity. Um, I really hate the term close the loop. So if any listener has a suggestion for a different term, I would love to hear it. But that's what we need to really be doing here is closing the loop. Mm -hmm. Those are really great 
three things that we can do with assessment, and I appreciate you sharing those with us. Um, (laughs) So we're at the point in our episode where we talk about what's on our radar, which may or may not be related to assessment. And so, um, Julie, what's on your radar? All right. So this is not related to assessment at all, but it is a fantastic book I read this summer that actually my mother was reading and told me about. She was a first grade teacher, so she understands some some part of this, but my folks in higher ed would, would enjoy it even more, I think. It is a novel by Julie Schumacher called Dear Committee Members, and it tells the story of an English faculty member at a small liberal arts college, but the entire story is told through letters of recommendation he writes either ones he's sort of forced to write or ones he happily writes uh, for colleagues, for students, whatever else. So if you've ever worked in any sort of higher education setting, you will really enjoy this book. Awesome. Yes. Um, I just started listening to a new horror podcast. So this is not related to assessment um, called Night of the Levine Academic. And I got to meet one of the co-hosts, Caitlin Duffy, at the International Gothic Association Conference in Chicago. And we geeked out about podcasts and talked about (laughs) what do we use to record Mm -hmm. and edit and all that stuff. So it was really fun. So their first episode, they talked about the movie Crawl. And I look forward to hearing a lot more episodes from Caitlin and her co-host. And for me, um, so sometimes music comes up in our radar. And right now, the person who is on my radar is an artist by the name of Lizzo. She's been all across the media for a while now because she just released an album called Cause I Love You. Um, She's actually been on my radar for for many years. Um, I heard her first track. One of her tracks was when um, Barbershop 2 came out, the movie, and she came out with the song. It's called Good As Hell. And um, it's just all about like positivity. So she's all about positivity. Um, And um, her music is really, really interesting. I just really love her vibe. So she's a mix of like, R&B, rap, and um, she's just this amazing African-American, strong female artist. And one one of the great things about her is, you know, I, you know, she's curvy and and she she's very confident. I think I just what I love about her is her confidence in her music and who she is and the message that she puts out there for others. OK, so we're going to leave you with a nugget. We're going to let Julie give the nugget for today. So I guess we are going back to assessment for just one moment, but just for the nugget. And I'm going to say that we all should get our assess in gear and we need to find ways to make assessment meaningful to us and to our students so that they can be incredibly successful. So, well, that's all that we have today. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Tanisha. I'm Beth. And we were joined by Julie. Yes. So thank you for joining us here for our episode. And we hope that you will join us in the future.